Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the 3D Parent Podcast. I'm still recording from my bedroom during the stay-at-home orders um, from the COVID-19 pandemic, Um, so not in the most ideal uh, circumstances for recording my podcast, but you know, we're doing what we can do. We're being flexible. My kids are um, downstairs and are going to try not to interrupt anymore. This is already my third attempt at starting today's recording um, because there were lots of needs that kept on um, cropping up right when I was trying to get started. But hopefully, that's all taken care of and we can jump in. Today, I'm going to be talking about a topic that I think is very timely and relevant for right now and what we're all going through as parents, but really is relevant anytime, anytime, whether we're having a pandemic or not. And the topic is helping children process disappointment. So right now, this is kind of everyday life. Our kids are having to process disappointment so much. I mean, school is canceled. Birthday parties are canceled. Sports seasons are canceled. School plays are canceled. Graduations, proms, summer camps, all of those special once-in-a-lifetime moments that just cannot happen. Um, Family trips, visiting with our relatives and friends. It's just disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. But even during regular times, Kids have to face disappointment too. It's just a part of life. Sometimes you don't get to have more screen time. Sometimes you don't get to have ice cream right before dinner. Um, It's just kind of part of everyday life, coping with disappointments. Bigger disappointments, not making the team, maybe when your kid is trying out for a select sport, not getting the part you want in a play that you audition for, maybe not getting invited to a birthday party. Um, not getting a good grade on a test, not getting accepted into a college, not getting a job you apply for. All of these are disappointments that can happen to a person in their lifetime. We've all had them ourselves. Our kids are going to be facing them as well. So how do we navigate this as parents? And how do we help our children become resilient human beings capable of coping with life disappointments. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today, and I hope to give you some insights in how to help your child as they're coping with life's disappointments. The first thing, you need to let your kids have their feelings. You need to allow them to process the disappointment, and the first thing is to let them have those feelings. And so allow them to feel angry, 
feel sorry for themselves, to blow things way out of proportion, to cry, to be noisy and messy in their feelings and have them eventually, hopefully, experience the sadness underlying a disappointment. If they're not willing to go there, you can sometimes help them. We don't want kids to numb themselves. We want kids to process disappointments. If they're not showing appropriate reactions, meaning coming in the face of a disappointment, that's actually a cause for concern. We don't want kids to be suppressing their feelings. Absence of feelings is worrisome in children. So you are now you need to allow them to go there. And if your child kind of is like, whatever, and you know it was kind of a big deal, you might need to kind of revisit it. And after a little bit of the defenses have come down to try, your help, try to help your child process. But for many of us, we've seen our child face disappointment and we see anger, frustration, like I said, blowing things out of proportion. I mean, I've had a child in my household not get a part um, that she went out for in a play, and suddenly she was the world's worst actress. She was the most terrible singer. She had no talent whatsoever. She had to go there. I'll never get cast in anything again. Similarly, I've had another child in my family get a bad grade on a test. I'm so stupid. I don't know how to do anything with math. I am an idiot. I can't do math even when I try. It's really hard to hear your child express that amount of anger, that amount of frustration, and again, blow things way out of proportion at times, but you need to let them. That's part of this. That's part of them learning to process and cope with disappointments. So let them go there, make space for it, take some deep breaths so that you can be present to it and not react or immediately start saying things that you regret down the road. The next thing, once your child is having their feelings, feeling their feelings, or you've kind of gotten them to a place where they're actually not feeling defended from feeling their feelings, if they initially had no reaction, and now they're re ready to kind of talk about it and process, you really need to kind of move in the direction of empathizing with your child. Many people call this holding space for others. Holding space. So what does that mean when it comes to our children and helping them cope with disappointment? Well, to me, that means a willingness to come alongside our children and their feelings while withholding all judgment. Any attempt to fix or teach or control them or the outcome and to make room for their emotional experience and expression and simply stay present and bear witness. Holding space for our children is unconditional love in its purest form. So this is a really important part of this process. Kids shouldn't have to process their disappointments on their own. You're there to help them move through and transition through these stages. So once they're being able to express their feelings and kind of move from that anger, frustration, blowing things out of proportion to the sadness. You might see some tears. This is where we want kids to go. And this is where you can really empathize and come alongside your child and support them in dealing with the sadness that underlies all disappointments. So listen to them 
and even tell them that you hear them. I can hear you. I hear what you're saying. Share that you understand and you know that they're hurting right now. Notice that there's no judgments in those types of comments. Stay soft in your tone. If your child seems accepting of it, physical contact, a hug, putting your hand on their shoulder or their leg, if they seem receptive, if it seems like that might be a little too much and they may kind of push that away, then don't try that. Just staying in the same physical space with them might be enough. And for some children, it's okay to give them some space if you feel like it's needed, but make sure you do that while acknowledging that you're thinking of them, that you're here from them, that you're going to be um, checking in on them. And you know, this is a really hard time, but you know, you know, you recognize they need some space. Some kids particularly are highly sensitive kids. They really struggle accessing their vulnerable feelings and it can be even harder in the presence of others. So sometimes you have to allow some space for them to get to that sadness for them to be able to feel that feeling because it's so essential for them and their ability to process and become resilient. As parents, what you do not want to do is try to rescue your child from their feelings. So don't try to make it better. Don't try to soften the blow. When your kid is sitting there saying, I got a bad grade. I'm so stupid. I know it's so hard to hear those words come out of your child's mouth and not immediately go and say, no, you're not. You're so smart. Think about all the great things you can do in your writing. Think what a great speller you are. When you try to kind of make it better and soften the blow, that's not actually helpful in these times. It's way more important to be present and witness and empathetic than to try and make it better and soften the blow because that doesn't allow your child to actually feel those really deep, vulnerable feelings that they need to get to. If you're too quick to put a Band-Aid on those feelings, they may not get there and they need to get there. It's really important for their development, their social, their emotional development. They need to get there. You'd also don't want to offer substitutes like okay well you can do this instead or um i know i said no now but you, you can have this later or you can you can have this another time or okay well you didn't get the to get on this team but i'm going to go find a team you can get on don't right away jump in and offer substitutes again to try and make it easier for your child to cope with we're not trying to make things easier for people to for kids to cope with they need to cope with the full range of emotions and feelings that come with facing disappointments, especially big ones. You also don't want to agree when, they, when they're getting in that kind of blowing things out of proportion uh, mode, they might be kind of, they might go down the road of blaming other people and you don't want to agree or join in with them when they're like, oh, that coach was dumb. That coach didn't put me on the team. They're so stupid. They don't know what they're doing. You, you might, if you're a parent that kind of has a hard time seeing your child feel upset in their disappointment, you might feel kind of like, I don't know, saying, yeah, that coach was stupid. They should put you on the team. And you might even deep down feel that, but that does not help your child. It does not. That is not something that you should even expose your child to that you might agree with them on topics like that. You agree the coach was dumb. You agree the teacher didn't do a good job teaching before the test and that's why you got a bad grade. That's not helping your child. And again, even if you agree, even if you think the coach isn't really doing a good job 
of um, coaching the kids, even if you think the teacher doesn't do a great job of teaching your child or in that particular subject or whatever it is, even if you do deep down agree, keep that from your kids. It's not going to serve them. It's not going to help them mature, grow, and become resilient. You also don't want to jump in and fight a fight for your child. You don't want to get in their way. If you think that your child has somehow been wronged or you're kind of joining them on the kind of pity party or the blame game and you jump in there and you start fighting your fight for your child, that does a huge disservice for your child, particularly your older child who should be becoming more adept at not only going through all the ranges of emotions that come with facing disappointments, but also self-advocating reaching out, asking for feedback, um, talking to coaches and teachers and play directors and asking them, why didn't I get on the team? I would really like some feedback. If you go in and jump in and, and talk to the teacher first, talk to the coach first, talk to the casting director first, you're not giving your child a chance to do that for themselves. And that becomes more and more important as your child is growing up. You want to empower your child to be able to do that for themselves. But they will never do that if you jump in there and start fighting a fight for your child. Um, I have a friend whose mom is a college professor, and she has told her daughter, my friend, that she... Nowadays, it's not unusual for her to get an email or a call from a parent of one of her adult college-age students complaining about a grade, asking if their kid can do a do-over, asking if their kid can have another chance to resubmit a paper or something of that, um, of that nature. She is having parents still trying to fight the fights for their adult college-age children. That does not help your child grow up and develop and become a mature and resilient adult. So start young, practicing holding back in those areas. Yes, there may be times you do need to intercede when you think your child has really been wronged. And you can do that, but your child doesn't need to be aware of that. And if there is something that gets discovered or you discuss something with a teacher or a coach or somebody, and there's something you can give feedback to your child on, then do so after the fact, but not until your child has had a chance to go through and cope and move through the motions of coming to the other side of experiencing these big feelings. Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. Another mistake that parents commonly make when they're seeing their child so upset and angry and frustrated and sad facing disappointment is they sometimes go in and they jump in and they immediately try to teach a lesson or reason with a child. They might say things like, well, gosh, if you tried harder, you might have made the team. If you had just practiced practice that, that song one more time before the audition, maybe you would have gotten in the play. You just didn't try hard enough. Maybe if you'd studied harder, you would have gotten a better grade on that math test. This is not the time. This is not going to help your child in those moments. In fact, it's going to make them more frustrated and more angry and probably shift their feelings towards you. Now they're angry and frustrated at you because you're kind of poking at them when they're down. You're, you're poking them and making them feel worse when they're already suffering and dealing with 
these big overwhelming feelings. You also can't try to teach a child to have a grown-up's perspective. Like, well, gosh, other people have things so much worse. You, you don't make a big deal out of this. Think about all the hardships that other people have to deal with. So you didn't get to go on a trip. Well, other people, their parents just lost their jobs. That may all be true. But in the moment, it's not helpful to try and give a child an adult perspective. It's not going to help them now. Yes, that's a conversation you can have later. Um, that's something that kids will develop on their own as they continue to grow and mature and their eyes become open to the outside world. Now is not the time. When your child is upset and frustrated and grieving some type of a loss, don't try and jump in with a lesson or reason with your child. It's not going to help them and it might even hurt them. So supporting our children in this way as they face disappointments is vitally important. Why? Well, because like I said in the beginning, it allows room for resiliency to grow. And resiliency is key to emotional health and maturity. And we all know adults who are not good at this. Adults who have not become resilient in their adulthood even, who still cannot handle facing disappointments, who still blame others when they have something that has happened. It's just like something that is not guaranteed. It's something that has to develop. And we parents have to help our children develop this resiliency. So you need to accept that similar to grief, processing disappointment takes time. The size of the disappointment might impact the amount of time it takes your child to process. Also your child and their temperament might also be part of what, what takes time. If your child, like I said, is really sensitive and has a hard time kind of accessing those very vulnerable, sad feelings, it might take them a little time for those walls to come down, for them to get out of the blame, the blaming others mode or still blowing things out of proportion. So give them time. Keep on revisiting and seeing if you can help your child get there. But know that the goal here is for your child to feel the sadness. That's the key. That's where you need your child to go. So as they're having all the anger, the frustration, that is kind of the cover up for what's underneath, which is the sadness. And that's where the child needs to go. So when they're able to feel the sadness, when they're able to cry, when they're able to kind of feel that grief associated with that, that's where resiliency will start to creep in. And it might look different for different kids. For some kids, it might look like accepting what that which can't be changed anymore and moving on with a new perspective of their own. If, if they're a little older or more emotionally mature, this likely will be the case. I've seen this in my oldest children happen more often in recent years. And oh my gosh, does that make me feel really good about their growth and development when they're able to get out of that kind of really angry frustration mode and shift into this resilient mode when I know they've accepted the sadness and moved on. Um, just last week, my oldest two kids found out that um, their summer camp, their beloved summer camp that they've gone to for years was finally canceled. And we all knew this was coming, but because it hadn't been canceled yet, I think all of us kind of held on to some degree of hope around this, that maybe there was some way, maybe um, the restrictions would go down and maybe the number of uh, coronavirus uh, new cases would go down far enough that a summer camp and largely in the outdoors might be possible. We just kind of held out on hope. But 
lo and behold, it got canceled. And this is a camp my kids have gone to for years and same camp that I grew up going to. And this is a place where my kids feel so much community and acceptance. My oldest daughter, her greatest friendships have come from this camp, and she's been looking forward to this all year. Similarly, my son, he feels so accepted, feels so free and able to connect with these friends, and realizing that this wasn't going to happen was a big, big disappointment for them to face. And they both kind of dealt with it in their own different way, but they both were able to kind of access the sadness underlying that. They were both able to get there and they got there faster, frankly, than I thought they would because for them, this was a really big disappointment. It could be that there was a degree of them knowing this was probably going to happen anyway, but I think part of it was that they were able to kind of get to the sadness and kind of move on. And my daughter kind of did this in a way that I felt so proud of her for because she recognized that the sacrifice that she and the other kids at the camp were making was really not about them. This was a sacrifice they were making that they personally were making for the greater good, that they as young people were less at risk. But there were other people in the community where this camp is located that are in the high-risk category, where there are people who, for them, it would be catastrophic if a huge group of kids were to come to this location and possibly bring this virus. And in a place that doesn't have, you know, a lot of access, it's in the wilderness, doesn't have a lot of close, easy access to hospitals and medical facilities, it's sort of been huge. So once my daughter kind of made that connection and realized, she actually felt really good about the fact that she was making the sacrifice along with the other um, campers. She felt good. And she felt like, you know, it makes it easier to face this, knowing that I'm actually doing something good for others. That's resiliency. She would not have gotten there had she not felt the sadness. She probably would have been stuck in probably poor me. Look at me, I'm losing out on everything right now. You know, she would have been stuck in that mode perhaps, but she wasn't. She kind of bounced back really quickly. And, you know, it was she woke up the next morning with this new kind of perspective and contentment and knowing. And I know so many kids out there are dealing with these types of disappointments and disappointments that are so much greater in many cases. And helping your child get to the sadness, will help them get to the other side, will help them get to that resiliency, which gives them that perspective. Now, if you have a younger child or a child who maybe hasn't gotten to this point um, in their emotional development where they can really kind of have that different perspective on the other side of feeling their feelings, you can certainly help them, but not until they've gotten to the sadness. Again, if you jump in too soon, this is not going to help them. But if your child has gotten to the point of sadness and felt those feelings, it's completely fine to jump in with other ways of thinking about things, to give them different perspectives, maybe to make suggestions on how they can make the best out of a certain situation. For example, let's say, uh, going back to the idea of your kid not getting the part that they wanted in a play. Yeah, they have to feel really sad about that at first. They have to grieve that. They have to go through that process. But when they got on the other side and they felt those feelings, you want your child to be in a position to kind of be like, okay, I didn't get the part I wanted in the play, but you know what? The part I got, I'm going to try and make the best out of that role. I'm going to try and do the best job I can to kind of make my contribution to the, the school play be the best I can do to make the play be the best it can be. You also can help your younger child make plans for the future. 
well, gosh, I know it was really disappointing that you, you were really, really sad that you didn't make the soccer team. So let's think, how can we improve your soccer skills this year so that when you, when you try out next year, if you decide you want to, you'll be ready, you'll be stronger, you'll have better skills. Let's make a plan for that. Let's think of ways that you can improve. So next time, if you decide to try out, maybe you'll have a different outcome. Or at the very least, you'll be a better soccer player or stronger, or it might lead you in the direction of trying a different sport. You can also, you know, in the cases right now where we're having to cancel plans, you can find a way to reimagine and be creative about those plans. So many people are out there coming up with really, really fun ideas of alternative ways to celebrate their kids' birthdays and to make them feel really special and not like their child missed out, not like their child didn't have a chance to experience, you know, being celebrated on their special day. Yeah, it may have not looked the way that they had anticipated or hoped, but it is still not necessarily the greatest loss. Once your child can move past feeling sad about the way things are, they can feel open to kind of, all right, let's think about what we could do now instead and make other plans. I know it can be really hard to be present and hold space for our children and their emotions when they're facing disappointments, but I want to invite you to see this as opportunity to help your child develop a capacity to be resilient. If you get in the way, you might be keeping your child from being able to develop those skills. This is like a muscle that needs to be worked out. Your child needs to continue to work out this resiliency muscle. And this is the way you do that. This will serve them in life. And it's incredibly important as they grow and develop into emotionally mature adults. Thanks so much for joining me today. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at the3dparent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on the 3D Parent Podcast.